0: Y'all, it's betsy with the dickey foundation and you're listening to dickey's doing good the podcast where we tell good stories about good people doing good things in the community i'm thrilled because my guest today is chip brockhouse uh chip is a 31 year a uh, law enforcement veteran, and he is actually our newest Dickies owner in Slidell, Louisiana. We're thrilled to have you join us today, oh, Chip.
1: Great. Thank you, Betsy. It's wonderful to be here.
0: Well, wonderful. So for those folks who don't know you quite as well as I do, tell us about yourself, uh, your law enforcement career and other careers, and how you came to be where you are now.
1: Well, I'm, I'm kind of an old guy. I started in, in law enforcement in 1982 uh, with the New Orleans Police Department and uh, spent about five years there. and then moved across Lake Pontchartrain and joined the St. Tammany Parish Sheriff's Office and spent a couple of years with the St. Tammany Parish Sheriff's Office and then wound up the career with uh, the Slidell Police Department.
0: Wonderful. Well, tell me tell me more about the work that you did with the Slidell Police Department.
1: Initially, it was white collar crimes investigations and some of the early work that I did was uh, you know, routine check forgeries, bank frauds, and that sort of thing. But uh, the, the bigger cases involved national uh, telemarketing scams that targeted the elderly. Um, so, you know, these, these older folks uh, would register for every sweepstakes or a prize at a grocery store or an event, and these uh, telemarketing scandals, uh, these folks took advantage of that, and they called the older folks and tell them they had won a, a prize of, say, $100,000. And they get the old folks really excited and they say they're going to send them a federal express package with their uh their claim tickets and all of the documentation proving they won and all they have to do is drop a check in the mail for fifteen thousand dollars back to uh via federal express back to the scamsters to pay the taxes allegedly and of course the people would do that thinking now they're going to get a check for a hundred thousand dollars and of course that check never came and we chased that ring uh, from Little Slidell, Louisiana, to Las Vegas, to North Carolina, to Georgia, and eventually, as a team, uh, ended up busting the entire ring and got some national notoriety. But that wasn't all we did. You know, I've had to handle homicides and rapes and robberies and uh, issues involving children. Uh, well,
0: and so. I mean that. That's an amazing story. I mean, the, the fact that you all basically trace that out of little as you said, little, Slidell, little, little Slide L Louisiana all up. the way to a national level. I mean, how did how did that feel when you finally were able to to get stop the stop the bad guys as, well, it's as we Cuz Sweet,
1: you know, we stopped the bad guys in Slide L the way we did it was we rolled in on their boiler operation which was uh, 5 minutes from the police department we rented a u-haul truck and took every piece of equipment they had we took the desks the chairs the phones the whiteboards the lists the pens the papers the tablets everything so that they couldn't make bail and just go set up in another town Um, but the unfortunate reality of it is that the individual uh, i'm not going to use her name i know she was convicted and and served some time both locally and federally Um, i understood uh, was back in operation within just a couple of years of being busted. Oh, so it's uh,
0: and that's tragic because I mean, as you said, you're taking advantage of these 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 folks who this could be their life savings that they're thinking that they're giving, but they're going to get a hundred thousand dollars or more.
1: Stories of these folks um, having to go into nursing homes and assisted living facilities that were government funded because they could no longer support themselves oh. because they had given their money to these. These criminals, um, suicides, because they had lost everything. Um, deep depression. I mean, it really is a very sad story.
0: And it really is. So, what what drew you into into wanting a career in law enforcement?
1: Well, I think, like most people that want to do law enforcement, they do it for the right reasons. They do it because it's uh, it's a calling. You're not going to get rich, you know. You're you're going to work uh, ungodly hours. You're going to have to deal with situations that are very unpleasant when everyone else is running from the gunfire to safety, you're running toward it, you know, so it's not natural. <laughs> it's not natural. To run it's, not.
0: It. it's not, but
1: you know, if it's a calling and you're doing it for the right reasons, uh, you're motivated from a place that, uh, is, is much higher than just a monetary, um, uh, monetary reason.
0: Well, and you spent the first five years of your career with the New Orleans police. Tell me kind of the difference there between Slidell and New Orleans. I mean, obviously that's a, that's a big city versus a smaller city, but really you know, um, New Orleans is, is, is a special place for a lot of reasons.
1: Yeah, it is. It's a tourist town. It's uh, because of it, the way it's situated, it's, uh, it's a hub for a lot of different uh, types of crime, uh, federal crimes, local crimes, prostitution, drugs gangs etc cetera, etc cetera. and just to give you an idea uh, each call is considered an item uh, for a police officer and with the new orleans police department in an eight-hour shift we'd handle 20-25 items Oof. in an eight-hour shift uh, i remember my first uh <laughs> my first night as a slide up police officer one of the guys i rode with initially to kind of give me the lay of the land uh was asking me, you know, how many items we handled. And I told him, well, we'd, we'd handle probably 20 or 25. And he said, oh, well, okay, that's about the same as us. Well, he was talking about 20 to 25 for the week, you know, and, and we handled 20 to 25 per officer, per unit, per night in New Orleans. So the difference was, was profound. The other thing that you're able to do um, when you're outside of a big city and the, and the jumping from one call to the next is actually settle down and take time to investigate, truly investigate the uh, the issue that you were sent to look into. And you had time to, to talk with the victims and to interact with the victims and help them through whatever trauma it was they were going through. So the difference was really night and day.
0: Well, and you mentioned, I mean, you all being able to, to, to fi- you know find the original source of, of the scams that was scamming the elderly. And so, I mean, that was the kind of thing you were able to do because you were in Slidell and not New Orleans.
1: It was, it was the kind of thing we were able to do in Slidell, fortunately, because the chief of police at the time was a retired DEA agent. He was a, he was a federal officer. So he was, he was all for us investigating those crimes. The problem was the city of Slidell, the mayor and the, and the town council, uh didn't didn't really agree with the amount of money it took to investigate crimes that were occurring outside the jurisdiction of the city of slido mm. so is it you know there's a little bit of a, a knife that cuts both ways there
0: sure and then politics happen in in any city i i understand that so what was it what was the best thing about about being in law enforcement
1: going home at night
0: well, and I mean at the foundation we we very much care about supporting first responders and providing the right protective gear. I mean, and that, that is that's something very near and dear to us is making sure that officers do get to go home safely. First five
1: years as a police officer, I work without a, a, a vest.
0: That's uh, scary. In, in New Orleans.
1: In New Orleans. Uh, so the work the foundation does, and what really drew me and, and it sort of solidified the relationship for me with Dickies was the fact that Boots and Badges uh, spends so much of their revenue their income um, outfitting police officers with equipment that can oftentimes be the difference between them going home or not.
0: Well and and you said you've got six kids and and three grandkids now and so I mean that was certainly important to be able to to go home and safely tuck them in.
1: Right exactly.
0: So, what did you find um, as the most misunderstood thing about being in law enforcement? You were in New Orleans, and Slidell, and, and a lot of different places there.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, often been asked how many people I've shot. Um, mm. You know, how many, how many people have I killed? Um, people, oftentimes, tend to have the, the Starsky and Hutch sort of an, sort of an idea, or, or the the uh, chips, or w- what's the other police shows that were on, Adam Twelve, and you know, and some of these others. Dragnet. That, Dragnet, yeah. So it's, it's, it's really not like that, actually. Like
0: blue.
1: Yeah, I mean, being a police officer can be very, very boring and mundane, and it goes from boring and mundane to absolutely terrifying in a heartbeat. Hmm.
0: Uh, so what would you tell someone who is interested in uh, following your footsteps and going into law enforcement?
1: Do it. Absolutely do it. Jump into it with both feet. Learn everything you can learn uh pay attention to your training it, wear it will it will save your life that's part of the training now actually <laughs> you, you have to wear a vest nowadays which is uh, which is a good thing
0: absolutely so can you tell me about an experience you had that really kind of touched your heart when you when you were serving
1: yeah it's uh there was a young girl that uh, she was probably two who fell into a swimming pool uh her brother pulled her out and uh my partner and I arrived and I began to do CPR. The mother ran up very, very uh, distraught. Um, and the son told the mother, it's okay, the police are here. And we couldn't save a little girl. And it was, uh, uh, you know, that told me what people see in a police officer. Um, so, and that, that haunts me today.
0: Well, I mean, it and. In talking about that, I mean, we know that particularly in the last year, year or two, that there's been controversy about police, bad about really about bad police officers, and they always say that no one hates a bad police officer more than a good police officer, right? Um, and that, but to that point, that 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 little boy knew the police were there and they were going to help, and. Um, you know, you've gotten to help, I'm sure you've gotten to help a lot of people, um, o- over your, your 30 plus year career in yeah. law enforcement. Um, so who are, who are two or three people who really helped you along the way?
1: F- family, uh, helped me through, through quite a bit, um, on the police department, I'd say that, uh, two captains in particular and one police chief helped me get through some really tough spots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, without going into great detail, um, when, when politics gets between law enforcement and um, and your your job, oftentimes politics wins. And in this particular case, it was good to have the backup from uh, you know from a police chief who had been a federal agent and captains who understood the position I was in and doing my job. Even though the politicians who were being affected by the fact I was doing my job didn't didn't care for it much,
0: right? So, what what inspired you to become a police officer? Did you grow up thinking that was always what you wanted to do?
1: Yeah, you know, one of my neighbors was a police detective, uh, you know, and that was part of it. I had friends who were who were police officers, and you know, I looked up to those guys, and you know, I, I thought I could uh, I could make a difference, and it was it was good. And I feel like I did make a difference
0: for sure. And now and now you're going to make a difference in, in Slidell. So yeah, we're going to sell you, some barbecue now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have had a successful career in law enforcement and now your next chapter with Dickies. How did this happen? <laughs>
1: well, it's you know, again, I there's a there's a Dickies in Slidell and I fell in love with it. Uh, you know, I ordered catering from them, uh, fed the family. You know, the holidays it was great. I could, I could call Dickies, order a prime rib roast, a ham, a turkey, whatever it was I wanted, go pick it up. I didn't have to worry about cooking. All I had to do was bring it home, heat it up and carve it. Um, so I fell in love with the product and, uh, you know, more and more I got interested in the, in the catering side of it, or rather the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the franchise side of it. And i had opened a small catering business and the catering business was very successful, but when COVID hit, it turned it off like a switch. So fortunately we didn't have any debt, uh, everything was paid for, uh, and I was able to wind that down and donate the equipment to, uh, actually to a 501c3 that fed homeless veterans out on the street. Um, and, you know, I looked at Dickies as, as a possible solution and you know, reading just all the good press that Dickey's had with uh, positive same store sales during COVID, uh, the, the seven uh, revenue streams—those uh, were things that endeared me. And I, you know, I, I had to be convinced. So I, I listened to the podcast that uh, RDJ uh, put up, and I followed Laura Ray Dickey uh, on LinkedIn, and you know, just and, and I. I searched out her detractors and Dickies detractors and questioned them and uh, questioned the people who were franchises with Dickies and had some successes. And at the end of the day, I came up with this is a winning combination. I want to be a member. I want to be a part of this team.
0: Well, and for us at Dickies, we, we, as you know, we're big fans of first responders, military, and veterans. Yeah. And so we're, we're thrilled to, to have you on our team uh, for sure. I mean, and one of the things we do talk about at Dickies being one of our priorities, it's sell barbecue, grow the family, tell our story. And my personal favorite, do both well and good. And you've been in Slide L for, for a number of years. Talk to me about what doing both well and good means to you and your community.
1: Uh, you know, if you do well, you have to give it back if you want to keep it. And uh, you know, it's a, that's a that's a strange statement i guess but uh you know i think doing both well and good goes into god has been very good to me Uh, i do well and i want to give a hand up to others you know sometimes a handout but generally a hand up and assistance and i found that that comes back tenfold when i do that so to me doing both well and good means do well work hard support your family support yourself uh, but get out there with some of your hard-earned uh, income and do good and do some things that benefit the community and cause everybody to grow and enjoy some of those same successes.
0: Well, absolutely. That, that, again, that's one of our priorities. We very much believe it. So now, if you could step into my shoes and ask yourself a question, what question should I have asked you?
1: You know i think you did a very thorough job i can't think of any questions
0: <laughs> all right well how about this one favorite dickies meat favorite dickie side
1: oh the favorite dickies meat i was asked that earlier today so it's a toss-up between the ribs and the brisket all right without a doubt and the favorite dickie side probably you know it moves from day to day so uh <laughs> but I, I do like that asiego cream spinach
0: it's delicious
1: it's delicious and you can it's use like it as a side hero as a dip you know if you want to entertain friends you know get Um, a medium size pro
0: tip i've actually picked that up as a side tossed some artichokes in there and made it spinach artichoke dip and my friends are like what can you send me this recipe and i'm like yeah yeah i will and i don't but if my (laughs) friends are listening i promise i don't do that uh but it is delicious it's a pro tip for you there All right. So at the end of all of our interviews, we always go into our lightning round. I'm going to give you two choices and you're going to give me your favorite. We're going to make it easy on the first one. Barbecue beans or jalapeno beans,
1: jalapeno beans,
0: sweet or unsweet tea, unsweet. But you're from the south. How did that happen?
1: The sweet tea is never sweet enough. I have to add sugar.
0: Oh, okay. so it's unsweet, but you make it. (laughs) Yes. All right. Fair enough. All right. Chopped brisket or sliced brisket, sliced sauce or no sauce.
1: Depends on the meat. Uh, Typically, if it's brisket, no sauce. If it's ribs, I like a little sweet sauce.
0: All right, okay. Uh, Brisket or pulled pork? Brisket. And ribs or wings? Ribs. All right, those are great answers. Y'all, thank you so much for joining me today. My guest today has been Chip Brockhaus, who's a law enforcement veteran and our newest owner in Slidell, Louisiana. Thanks so much for joining me today, Chip. Thank you, Betsy.